The data lake architecture has become broadly adopted in a relatively short period of time. In a nutshell, that means data in its raw format stored in cloud object storage. Modern software and data engineers have no shortage of options for accessing their data lake. But that list of options shrinks rather quickly if you care about features like transactions. Apache Hootie is a platform for building streaming data lakes that is optimized for large engines and batch processing. In this episode, I interview Vinoth Chandar, creator of the Hootie project and founder and CEO at OneHouse. Vinoth, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Hey, uh, great to be back again on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into our main topic, I'd love to refresh listeners with a little bit about your engineering background. Can you tell me where you got started? Yeah, I, so chronologically, I think out of grad school, I started my career on the Oracle data replication team, worked on the Oracle database server, data replication products like Streams, Golden Gate, and got exposed to a lot of stream processing CDC there. Then I, my next role was as the engineering lead at LinkedIn on the Ski Valley store back in the day called Waldemart which this was like a Cassandra-like Dynamo-based Key Valley store that we built and scaled and supported LinkedIn through all the hyper-growth phases. Then, you know, I went on to work at Uber for almost five years, working on various aspects of Uber's infrastructure, data infrastructure, and that's where Apache Hoodie happened, and we created the project. And right after that, most recently, before currently, I'm the founder CEO of OneHouse, but before that, I was a principal engineer at Confluent. I was working on KSQL, Connect, Kafka storage, and a bunch of things around stream processing in general. And what does OneHouse do? Yeah, OneHouse is an attempt to bring you know manageability, like fully managed data lakes, to life. We having supported the Hoodie community for almost five years now. While we have great technology, we often find that companies still take a long time to build a team and kind of build, integrate, and operationalize data lakes. So with OneHouse, we are hoping that it's an easier path for companies to stand up the data lakes and get started on all the open data infrastructure stack out there. And for listeners who don't yet know about Hootie, can you give a quick summary? Yeah, absolutely. So Hootie... At its core, you know, adds transactions, updates, deletes on chain streams on top of cloud storage or, you know, HDFS or Hadoop compatible storage, if you will. So we can think of Hoodie as a database layer that sits on top of your cloud storage and providing these functionalities. So over time, though, the project has, you know, had a rich set of contributors and We've been able to build out a lot of platform components within the project as well. So right now, you just don't get like a raw library to do updates and transactions, but you also get a streaming ingest service. We are working on a caching service. There's a lot more platform components in that Hoodie provides that helps you, you know, build your data lakes very easy with the underlying technology. Does it make sense to compare and contrast Hoodie with Snowflake or Databricks or solutions like that? Yes and no. So if you compare Hoodie with Snowflake, Snowflake is a managed cloud data warehouse. That's at least how I look at it. And it has some of these core technologies that you can find in Hoodie. 
but it's all like you know offered to you in a fully managed product right and databricks databricks itself the core product i think of it as a data science workbench data engineering you know spark clusters as a service and while huri does not provide a query engine huri just simply interoperates with every query engine and including you know like databricks and even snowflake down the line databricks does have delta lake for example if you heard about it which is more comparable to some of the core components that you will find in huri and i know huri runs well on top of hdfs does it run in other settings as well i know like s3 buckets or blob storage is sometimes used for data lakes yeah so that's a popular misconception huri has been supported for example on top of cloud providers officially been supporting huri on cloud storage for two years now including aws so huri can work with any hadoop compatible storage layer that includes all the cloud object stores as well and you'd mentioned huri if i understood correctly doesn't have a native querying engine but has interoperability can you expand on how i get access to my data yeah so let's try to trace a path of like a data engineer who has some data in a postgres database and then wants to query the data on the other end so what you typically do is you stand up the vzm that's outside of huri and once you have that let's say you have change logs and huri gives you tools to simply run a spark command and then it kicks off a spark job which can now you know store and write build a table in some s3 bucket for you or a cloud storage bucket for you and then huri registers the table into a meta store like the hive meta store or like if you're in aws aws glue and from there on you can use you know managed uh, presto offerings like aws athena or run your own presto or trino all of them can query the on spark of course you can query it as just another you know hive table if you will and huri also has very optimized read paths where for let's say for spark and for spark you can query it as a native spark data source and you can even obtain cdc and you know change streams from your tables using some of these more native engine integrations and what's the onboarding like if this is the right tool for an organization what does it take to get up and running yeah if this is the right tool that's where i think we made it like very simple we have two ways to get your data in if you're coming from the apache kafka streaming world you have a lot of streaming data there is a huri kafka connect sync that you can use to you know start building your huri tables on top of cloud storage or if you're coming from the more the data engineering spark world then you can start with this streamer tool that we have just to get your data into your data lake so those are very simple built in platform components and maintained right in the the huri project and these tools also support a variety of data sources already like it can pick up any data dropped into a cloud storage bucket very easily kafka other streaming sources and once you get your data in then you know you can pick up any query engine write pipelines or query the data build dashboards right and even if you have existing tables you could you know move to huri to get faster runtimes for these pipelines make them more incremental using the update capabilities that huri has so it's as simple as in writing and reading from any other table that you have huri hides all of the 
underlying complexity around uh, you know transactional snapshotting and these kinds of things under the hoods for you. Well, let's imagine a startup that maybe released an app, like a weekend project. They unexpectedly got a lot of signups and this thing takes on a life of its own. They're probably not thinking about the BI infrastructure out of the gate, but maybe they're doing a good job saving all their data. And there comes a point when they hit some sort of critical mass and they really need to take some steps to be able to access that data. Is there a checklist or set of indicators or heuristics I can use to decide if Hootie's right for me? Yeah, definitely. I think in this scenario, so this is a deeper question, right? So this data, let's assume this data is now sitting in some cloud storage or some JSON files or something like that, something more unstructured. So now you have different paths for you to take. Broadly speaking, you could send it to like a warehousing stack, like a cloud warehouse like Redshift or Snowflake or BigQuery. And if you just want to like build some dashboards and reporting on top of it, you probably have like you know managed solutions there to kind of like auto loader or something to get the data in right similarly though if you want to build however towards a model where you want to eventually run data science workloads on the same data i think that's when the hoodie path is really good you can pick up our streamer tool you can bootstrap all the existing data into a table and then you can even start continuously ingesting new signups or whatever that's landing in the same location and then start building out these tables on top of in like backed by you know open formats like apache parquet which is what hoodie uses underneath and expose it across everything so then you'd be able to do the same thing use presto let's say for your dashboarding while you start running spark jobs and maybe you're set up for data science down the road as well so one option you'd mentioned i guess i could have a parquet files to start with that have you know the schema kind of embedded in them if they're created right. But something like a JSON or JSONL file, it's sort of maybe implied. I don't want to call it unstructured data, but it's semi-structured. How does Hootie or does Hootie help me in any way in inferencing what the schema is? Yeah, so right now, not so not any more than what uh, the Spark JSON source will help you. Hootie doesn't yet add anything more on top, but we built some of that intelligence before at Uber, and we would love to, down the line, with also one house, like contribute more useful things like that, which will schematize the data. And I think you have a great point there where I think if we can schematize this data, I think we can also do a lot more data quality enforcement at the entry point in the lake, which is a huge problem for folks in terms of, you know, building trust on the data that you ingest there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you'd mentioned that Hootie can offer some transactional services that I can make transactional updates to my data lake. Could you expand on that? Because it's a distributed system, so there's still the cap theorem sitting there. Yeah. So architecturally, you know, if you think about it, Hootie has a very different architecture, right? If you contrast it with, let's say, even like Walmart, right, where or Cassandra, if you will, if you want a more popular example, there the cap you had individual storage nodes storing the data and then you know how you read and write how you configure your quorums is how we cap theorem played out for you here actually the data is all sitting in s3 so s3 actually deals with the cap theorem aspects of it all hoodie brings is a horizontally scalable compute layer if you will that is performing these updates and our deletes and then also tracks metadata right on top of s3 again 
or cloud any cloud storage interchangeably where you can you know it's pretty much like as consistent as the unavailable as the partition tolerant as the underlying cloud storage is so a slight very different model in terms of other distributed data systems that i worked on including kafka or like you know other distributed databases in general and do most people stand up their own hoodie or are there commercial hoodie as a service offerings available hoodie so like i mentioned i think five cloud providers have been offering commercial support for hoodie for over a couple of years now and the value add is for customers is let's say you know you pick up hoodie along with their other offerings like like for EMR, the EMR team makes sure the latest hoodie version that they offer on EMR runtime and all of that work well together, right? That's what, to the extent that hoodie has been commercialized. And um, we recently announced One House, like earlier this month. And our goal there is, again, not to commercialize hoodie. We don't plan to have an enterprise fork for hoodie, but we are trying to build as a service part, which is like typical use cases that people do on top of Hoodie, can we you know, offer a managed service that lets them do that? That's what we are focusing on. While we understand that large part of the community can take Hoodie as this and run it by themselves because there is like all of these other great platform tools already available in Hoodie. Could you expand on some of the use cases that you've seen being popular in adoption? Yeah. So the first one I've seen is this just like database CDC. Going back to your example of that small startup, a startup has a lot of signup data in Postgres. Now, you know, they've dumped it to JSON files on cloud storage. But if you want to get like an equivalent table on the lake where there is, let's say the JSON has change records, then you need a system like Hoodie to be able to take these database change logs and then apply them to a table incrementally with good performance and that's where you know a lot of people have an uptake for hoodie. This is very similar to the EL model that you see on the warehousing cloud warehousing stack, where people replicate their databases into right into like a Snowflake or a BigQuery or a Redshift. That use case is like extremely popular, I would say, for hoodie. And I think there's a recent Robinhood blog that came out where they talk about how they're able to do like minute level data freshness for that kind of like use cases. So the second is, I would say, a subset of that is getting that done very quickly in like near real time. The second large use case would be further down the line, like, you know, not just ingestion, but when you're like writing ETLs, a lot of people use Hoodie as a way to merge, you know, right? Like, so if you look at contrast with warehouses, they've had merge statements for a long time, right? And... For Lake, I think this is pretty new. It's recent in the last couple of years. So when people are migrating ETLs off from warehouses onto the Lake for various reasons, Hurry provides the SQL DML support, like your SQL DML statements, so that you can write these in, in a more incremental style. And the third large use case I've seen is just for GDPR. Hurry comes with also a lot of indexing on top of your tables. And this was actually one of the use cases that I believe pushed the category itself mainstream, which is now with the GDPR and like more and more privacy, data privacy laws being enacted, 
we can't afford to treat Lake Custister like a dumping ground anymore, right? You have to actually properly manage it. We need to know if a user leaves your service, you need to be able to go and delete the records of that user. So Huri provides a lot of like indexing capabilities that help you do also deletes on top of this data. So this is also another use case that I've seen Huri commonly used for to enforce this kind of like compliance activities. We've touched a couple times on Hootie being a good option for data science workflows. I always think of those as a little bit more challenging than your typical BI report. You know, if an executive wants sales by region, you know, by day, as long as you get your query right, the answer is just there in the analytics. But when you're trying to maybe build a training data set, you need to do feature engineering and, I don't know, detect sparse values and all types of things like that. Can you talk about the user experience for data science workflows? Yeah, so I think this goes, I, I would probably start one level higher. I think this is where even architecturally, like the legs are really, really cost effective for data science workloads. As you rightly pointed out, the problem for analytics is more about, you know, I have a large amount of data. How can I quickly like serve the dashboard by pinpointing or like reducing the amount of data that you scan, right? For data science, for feature engineering, the problem is kind of opposite. It's a throughput problem. How can you efficiently, cost-effectively scan large amounts of data, right? And mm-hmm. then shift through it in a cost-effective way. I feel like most of what Hoodie offers as benefits is what you generally get with the architecture on the data lake where data just sits in a cloud data storage and you have horizontally scalable data processing frameworks like Spark or Flink that can go shift through the data. Beyond this, there are certain things that I think we believe improves the efficiency or improves the lives of data scientists out there. One is, again, the ability to even, you know, peek at data that is going on and, you know, being able to update your feature stores, right? You've seen people build feature stores and these features have to be kept up to date as on a daily or a hourly or even like in some cases at Uber, we we update features even in real time, in near real time at different cadence. So that's another place, but the, the core capabilities for updating and also time travel and having like different versions of the table exposed to data scientists, you're able to now run your models on different versions of the table, cross compare. These kinds of additional capabilities, I believe, are very useful for data scientists from what we've seen at least in the community. And Hootie's a relatively new tool, but has seen some strong adoption. You've named a couple of the companies that have picked it up and are using it. Feel free to drop a few more if you want. It's a tool being taken seriously by large companies. Why is that? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think a lot of these companies have, you know, either come to a point where they feel like, oh, we want a more open data, you know, format to manage all of our data and in a more like query engine vendor neutral way, while we retain all the manageability that comes with it, like, you know, the indexing. In open source, we have some of the best data optimization techniques like Hilbert curves that you find in warehouses, you know, or clustering, data clustering, ZRR curves. So all of that, we Hoodie already provides a very rich data management functionality. So I think a lot of companies have, the first bucket is companies who just want to build a data team, 
build this kind of like like a vendor neutral open managed data plane as the source source of truth for all their data that's i think a lot of where our like a large company adoption really comes from i would say and the second point is a sub point of this if you look at a lot of these companies they are also large ml ai data science companies for them you know having some streamlined architecture where all your operational data like event streams databases external data lands in a very clear schematized kind of format that they can trust and now do like kick off all the downstream analytics and data science i think huli unlocks a lot of these technical capabilities for them so that is what we've seen on the large companies if you look at our pod by i think we we've had like at least put together i think we manage a few exabytes right now in huli with the large companies that have like actually shared the huli usage but we also see a lot of small companies picking up huli and that's actually great to see because purely even as a project it offers more tools for you to quickly build a table so data engineers love that and i want to also highlight that aspect of it because sometimes larger tech companies have a louder voices right but we also see organically smaller companies picking up huli trying to build like a 100 table data lake without writing a lot of code and that is the two segments that we've seen a lot of adoption for huli well, when a company is growing and needs to either start or expand their data team and they're going to work with huli could you describe the professional background for the type of engineer who's best suited to manage the system yeah i think you need to know that these data engineers need to know like good familiarity with the overall broad ecosystem right the hive meta stores one of spark or flink heard of or trade presto so you're generally familiar with the ecosystem then you should be able to pick up huri like again i break it into two parts one is like if you want to start ingesting data then they also need to pick up more advanced concepts around like they need to understand how let's say kafka works or if you want to ingest data landing in s3 you need to understand kind of like how like you know s3 event streams work and debezium works if you want to do data exchange capture but if you're simply writing etls or like data pipelines then i think with some very foundational knowledge around these data processing frameworks you should be able to pick up huli and get into production very quickly i know huli offers me great opportunities to do both streaming and batch analytics could you describe the developer ergonomics of that what's it like to switch between the two approaches Yeah, that's a great question. So, the one aspect that we haven't touched upon here is the convergence how Huri provides you kind of a unified storage layer to mix different ways of data processing, right? Mm-hmm. So, when we say streaming analytics and there is like different shades of real time, correct? So, we focus on what we call near real time where it's few minutes. It's still a great improvement from batch jobs that take like hours. right but it's not your real time streaming latency where you do less than a minute or even seconds so that's the we play in the few minutes less than an hour that's the kind of latency that we set expectations for hudi's pipelines so if you now take a concrete example let's say we have you know like a very simple task let me just take a uber example there's an upstream database which is storing all trips 
and then the trips have you know currency in the local currency like you know ubers across many countries so you just have trips and then all of their fair values have local currency and then all we want to do is let's say we replicate it to the lake we have a table on the lake which is one to one mapping the upstream database now if somebody wanted to write a pipeline where all they want to do is you know take a small currency conversion table and then make it all into usd if that's the pipeline they want to write with hoodie what they're able to do is use hoodie's incremental querying capability which exposes essentially you can ask the hoodie table give me everything that's changed after this point in time it will hand you all the new and updated trips and then you can simply join it with the other table which is more static and you know upsert a downstream table which now keeps the fair values in usd let's say like two days later you realize that oh these fair conversions are now wrong and i need to rebuild this table you just switch into batch mode what i described just now right before is what we call the incremental mode which kind of brings stream processing sort of like programming model but right on top of lakes with no like kafka or anything involved but going back if you know for some reason think that oh this data is wrong i need to rebuild the table or backfill it right using the same hoodie table you're now able to write a batch job which is just like a sequel or anything else to again like you know overwrite the entire table or only selected partitions so hoodie gives you that flexibility to mix the more efficient incremental computation which is mostly right but also switch back to the batch mode without any data moving outside to external systems or anywhere whatsoever and be able to do the backfills and rebuilding of the table very neat well for someone who's considering adopting hoodie can you share a few details on the resources and community sources that are available to help them get onboarded and ask questions and things like that yeah sounds good so we have a really great community first of all in hedi i would want to just you know use this also an opportunity to give them a shout out this has been the best open source experience for me having worked in open source for 12 years and yeah you can always start with hedi.apache.org our official site documentation explains gives you like a good overview of what hedi is about how do you use all of the different things that i've talked about even in this call then if you have questions there's a slack channel you can join the slack channel it's just like self serve sign up and there'll be someone from the hoodie project management committee or committers contributors other community members there out to answer your questions we also hold weekly office hours for us to you know answer any like more one on one questions or things that need more interactive response and there are the hoodie devless channel if you're a developer you start your developer discussions there there is also a users list also most people prefer slack for users to post questions and if you're using hoodie and you want support you can go to the github issues and you can just file a support issue again one of our like you know members in the community will look at it sometimes this could even be issues with your cloud provider if we can we'll try to like you know route to them or if this is like hoodie open source issues we try to like create issues out of them reproduce them and then try to you know get it towards the next release so these these mm-hmm. are broadly what we do and of course we have a monthly community event where we give the community an update on the roadmap 
the progress towards the next major release and also users can actually come and present cool things that they're doing with 3D so that we can all ask questions and learn from each other. Could you tease any of the items that are on the roadmap that users might see coming out in the near future? Yeah, we're actually working on a pretty large major release in March. So we plan to add a complete set of like multi-model indexing capabilities. So where we are streamlining a lot of our existing indexes, adding new index types to improve upset performance and query performance. And we also working on new connectors and improvements in Presto, Trino. So just a lot of really cool things, a lot of hardening around the space curve, uh, data optimization implementations. So there's a large release coming out, which we believe will be like really great for users who are, you know, looking for updating or update heavy workloads on top of Hoodie. And how does that approach improve the update workflows? Yeah, so with more indexing, for example, we'll be able to, let's go back to our the same example. Okay, there are new trips coming in, and then your data lake table now has trips from all of Uber's history from 2010 or whatever, right? So you need to quickly be able to figure out oh, where a given record should go into. So without an indexing component, you have to scan the entire table, which as you can imagine, will only get slower as you go and mm-hmm. it's practically impossible for any large tables, right? So this indexing schemes will be able to quickly figure out how to merge this record, how to reconcile and absorb this update into the table. And we are also building, if you, if you take like workloads like user table, there is no pattern whatsoever, right? There's no like temporal patterns to the data. Right, it's right. purely from a database perspective, it's purely a random write. So currently for random write workloads, we have an external index implementation using Hbase. While that works great, a lot of people cannot afford to run Hbase by themselves. So we are also trying to add a built-in implementation which keeps the data right on cloud storage and you don't know external dependencies. So even for those kind of random write use cases, I think these features are going to fundamentally improve the write performance. On the query performance, we are designing like a indexed kind of column stats implementation where like we've seen this with a lot lots of our large users. If you take ByteDance or TikTok, they have 10,000 columns in a table. So none of the existing approaches that we see scale really well for tracking, let's say, a petabyte scale table that has 10,000 columns. So we are, we are also landing, you know, like more advanced slash like, you know, efficient column stats indexing schemes where if you now write a query, the query needs to figure out what files I want to scan, like going back to our BI workload, right? So that it's going to fundamentally speed up query planning for small and large column tables alike. So we are really excited for all these different kind of like kind of secondary indexing schemes that we are adding to Hoodie. And I think for me, we always thought about Hoodie as a database problem. And then like adding these things also brings us closer and closer to what generally how databases are built, right? So it's a pretty good moment, I think, for Hoodie as well. Well, I'd like to pivot slightly and ask you a few questions about OneHouse. Hoodie's an open source project. There's the community you described and documentation online. I could stand it up all on my own. Why do organizations reach out for help? 
Yeah. So going back to your earlier question, right? You you still need to hire those data engineers that I was describing with mm-hmm. that profile, and they're not easy to find. So what we've seen routinely in the community is that it takes still takes time for folks to you know like engineers have to learn, pick it up, operationalize, and also be on call for it. Right? You know, you need to be able to do maintenance on the pipelines. It still takes a lot of time for people to operationalize their lakes. So we feel by providing a more managed approach, similar to what you see with like a Fivetran or a stitched go feeding a cloud data warehouse, I think we'll be able to fast track the adoption of the lake and then improve the time to value. That's the core value prop for one house. And we believe also there are parts of hoodie where even though the code is out there that there may be workload or table specific optimizations that need to be applied and some of these standardized data infrastructure is like usually typically hard to build in a like an open source setting where different companies use different systems for monitoring logging and all of that so there are also some features that we believe we can build if we build it in a, as a managed service in a more opinionated way, rather than supporting a lot more flexibility like, like continuously for the open source DIY adoption. Mm-hmm. When you think about the companies who've adopted it so far, and maybe the companies that haven't, uh, Data Lake is a relatively new idea, but certainly a popular one that people have been adopting. Do you have any sense of where an average company is on the maturity life cycle? You know, where do they stand in terms of being up to date and best practices and things along those lines? Yeah, this is a large part of where I spent my time before we decided to do one house. So I can share it from my learnings from that perspective. So what we typically, I think, I know like I'm painting this in broad strokes, but like at a high, if you have to abstract it and distill it into a single story, I think most folks today, you know, when they're, when they're starting out, they start with a fully managed cloud data warehousing stack because at that point it's their use cases are simpler you know just like you know bi analytics and then they are also resource constrained they don't have the time to hire data engineers to build anything out they just want more pre-baked solutions and after a point in time i think they either hit cost issues if the data grows or, you know, there's like the business really picks up and they feel like, oh, we need to invest for the future. We need the more open, standardized, vendor neutral, lock-in, all these aspects come in, right? And then, or they have genuine needs to, let's say, build a data science facing features, like for example, predicting ETAs or like analyzing trades in Robinhood or things like that, right? So one of these three reasons get them to build a lake but from what we see there, since it's so hard to build, even when they say they want to build a lake, it's in a lot of places, it's still piecemeal because some of the data sits in the warehouse still. There's event logs that are now coming in. Like most data scientists will tell you, hey, okay, I want to, you want to run a growth campaign to improve the adoption of your app? Let's, you know, bring in event streams that tell us what users are doing, what are they clicking on? What are they seeing? What are they scrolling, right? So this data usually is pretty large to send it to a warehouse. So invariably, they end up with this kind of like data scattered across like a warehouse and some like, you know, cloud storage buckets. 
and people data engineers pick and choose and build some tables and that's where a lot of the pain that we see if you read about data lakes or data swarms and all of this general kind of like you know fud around data lakes i think is rooted around kind of piecemealing this architecture this way and this is where we believe while something like kudi provides the technology capabilities now you can replicate your databases not just to the warehouse but you can also replicate it to the to the data lake very quickly so which means you can now absorb all kinds of data you can have like standard quality tables but organizations still need to make that investment to make it happen and then should be incentivized to do that yearly on right so that's where i see the landscape to be i see a lot of larger companies lots of like you know large tech companies are falling into that category right where for them the lake is the main central piece there are parts of the data where they need premium performance where they would probably use a warehouse but lake is a central piece for most of these people but if you approach it from the the lower end uh, like the smaller growing from small to big it looks kind of very different i would say makes sense well vinod thank you so much for coming on software engineering daily telling us about hudi and sharing your experiences all right it was a pleasure great questions and that's why you know i'm super happy to be here again so thanks for having me and i'll see you around